Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor if you have ever wondered what's the deal with that verse john 316 why is it in the end zone of football games why what's the deal <laughs> you found the right podcast i'm mark dickey and i'm burt miller and this is the why do christians podcast Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on the Bridge Radio Station. My co-host is Pastor Bert Miller, lead pastor of Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how you doing? Mark LaCroix Dickey. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So great to be here with you today, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to find out in a little bit if it was a mistake to drink a bubbly beverage while talking into a mic. But it can we'll only out. go well. <laughs> it's it's content. It's great for content. That's right. This will be the one where Mark burps. That's, That's right. Maybe LaCroix will be our sponsor for the <gasps> podcast. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, man. Or bubbly. Sure. Yeah, bubbly. I mean, this could be. <laughs> or aha. Uh-huh. I always imagine because uh, the bridge, the radio station, we're, we're based out of Delaware, uh-huh. and Delaware is the most incorporated state in America. Okay. That. What does that mean? So basically, the way the laws work, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. Let's. <laughs> but the way. <laughs> so tread lightly, then, man. <laughs> I learned this in my business cl- the one business class I took in college. Okay. That the way of it things are structured for taxes and laws for businesses. Yeah. Delaware is the best place to like, is your, like your home base for your business. Oh. And so tons and tons of companies have like a tiny closet with a desk in it. And they say, Oh yeah, our offices are in Delaware and they get the tax write off or whatever. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So I always, every once in a while on my show, I'll be like, Hey, if you're listening and you and you run like a big company, somebody fix this. Somebody do this. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you put out the call because chances are good someone is listening who could, in fact, take care of the issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And maybe right. maybe Lacroix or Bubbly or uh-huh. Waterloo. Aha. Uh-huh. Poland Spring. Polar Spring. Polar Springs. Not Poland Springs. Isn't there a Poland Spring as well? I don't know. Okay. But what's 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 the fancy what Sarajago? What's what's on like the green the green bottle? Oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's not Saragento. That's the thing with the cheese and the and the, uh, the almonds. <laughs> well, I can't remember this. Somebody, yeah. somebody is yelling it into their car speaker Good. right now. Hey, what's the address that they can they can send their their comments to? Sam Pellegrino. Sam Belgrino. Oh sa- no, but that might not be it. So email podcast podcast at, at wearethebridge.org yeah. If we missed any uh, seltzer, I believe varieties. you. I was, I was trying to incite uh, interaction. <laughs> yeah, so, San Pellegrino. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. But why do Christians drink seltzer? Is that what the episode is today? Absolutely. Okay. No, today we're talking about why do Christians love John 316? Why do they quote John 316? Yeah. It's called the f- most famous Bible verse in the world. At least I think it is. Or it's oh, one it, of them. It's got to be up there. Got to be. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember uh, the I remember when I do you remember when you 
learned John 3.16. I remember vividly when I was a kid, uh, our church had this thing called Royal Rangers, which was basically, okay. it was, it was, for our church, the Boy Scouts weren't spiritual enough. So we we had we had the Royal Rangers. The Royal Rangers. It was basically just it was it was Boy Scouts, and they would do this thing. They would do memory verses where mm. you know if you were able to quote the the verse, you'd get like a lollipop or something like that. And and John three sixteen, I think it's the only verse that we were ever given that given that like stuck with me in terms of like I remember that's where I learned that and and I remember breaking it down for God so loved like like to mm-hmm. memorize it. For that, uh, let's say Tootsie Roll Pop or whatever. But that's 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 where I learned John three sixteen. Nice. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's. Why don't we kick it off? Yeah. If maybe somebody's like, I don't even know what John three sixteen is. Mm. Um, let's see. I just googled it. I mean, I know it, but I just googled it. Okay. So I don't. It doesn't even say which. Oh, NIV. Okay. All right. For God so loved the world that this he, is John three sixteen. John three sixteen, okay. the New International Version. For God so copyright lo- by Zondervan. <laughs> Just, 19, I think, 1977. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have, oh, and it cuts off, eternal life. <laughs> <laughs> but have what? The <laughs> ultimate what? cliffhanger. What? what? Um, okay. So, so for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Okay. John three sixteen. Yeah. And I mean, the short answer, why do Christians quote it is it's like basically everything it's everything. We, so much of what we believe in just one single sentence. Yeah. And so if you wanted to convey what, what is the Bible about? What do Christians believe? John three 16 is a great place to start. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the gospel uh, rolled into uh, a very, very tweetable statement, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah an exable statement oh oh that's right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah is that what they say now is exable no no i just okay. made that up okay so if you know if it's if it's tweetable or exable email <laughs> podcast at we are the bridge.org there we go and so john three sixteen, uh the way it was actually uh described to me for the first time i was a, in, in high school i had never heard of it before and my youth group leader, my young life leader, he said, yeah, you see it in the football stands. Oh, I don't, I don't watch football. I don't, I don't understand any of this. I don't understand any of the references you're making. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, I was pushed into this world of Mm -hmm. apparently everyone knows John three 16, except for me. Oh, okay. And, uh, but it's funny if you, if you look, somebody's got that sign up, it's on, uh, bumper stickers. It's, it's all over the place. And, uh, when did John three sixteen become a thing? Well, you know, you actually, you, you referenced why it's a thing. Um, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I mean, listen, it's always been a popular Bible verse, but in terms of it sort of entering the American consciousness and forefront there the reason it got so popular with the john 316 stuff started actually in the 1970s um when you know professional sports games were being broadcast and people were starting to develop more hey let's get wacky in the stands so that we can get on tv like that was their, their nice. thoughts yeah so there was a guy named uh rollin stewart uh, who was better known as rock and rollin um who was was part of a, a movie of christians where he would he would go to sports games and he would put on a big rainbow afro wig 
and hold up a sign that said John 316 and and sort of dance around and go crazy in the stands to get the camera to go to him with that. So that's like that sort of tradition of John 316 in the the, the sports stands and what have you. Um, That's where that started. Most most likely that's the most famous or famous like that. That's when that thing began to uh, become popular to do. (laughs) Hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So the funny thing is we could actually just stop here like that. That's the deal. The that's, reason that's why, the why John 316 is, is, is such a big deal. It's so important is because it's so simple. Yeah. Um, and it's just an easy jumping off point for mm-hmm. people to share their faith, the Christian faith with someone who's maybe never looked at it before. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to, you can actually take this verse and you can break it down not infinitely, but you can really break this verse down and, and see the different parts and why it is such a great verse. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Cause every, every, every part of it is littered with theological depth and, and I would argue life and eternity changing implications. Right. So for instance, very first two words of it in the English translation for God, right. What that means, like if you think about like, it means that all of this, salvation stuff all of this jesus coming into the world dying on the cross uh us receiving eternal life through him all of that began because it was god's will like god is the initiator of our salvation that nobody gets saved by accidents you know sometimes people like they they view um i think incorrectly that there's a, a disconnect in the personalities of god the father and god the son so they think like you know god the father is angry and vengeful and the son just kind of got between his punch and us, you know? Mm. Um, but this this verse goes, no, no, like it's the overflowing love of God the Father for God mm. that that this happened, that he is not in his justice without compassion. So even mm. like the, those two words changes everything, or, you know, like that, that leads to the second part, like the so love the world. Um, and something, you know, maybe we should we should mention is that this verse in context comes when Jesus is addressing a... Uh, a Jewish Pharisee named Nicodemus, right? Like they're they're hanging out, and Jesus is explaining eternal stuff to to Nicodemus. And the reason that that's important to realize is because when when Jesus tells him God so loved the world, that would have been countercultural to Nicodemus, because they believed in what were called regional gods, right? So like they believed that like you know there's the gods of the Jewish people, there's the gods of uh, the Romans, there's the gods of the 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 Philistines or or, or who have you. Um, and so the idea that their God loved the world mm. would have been just earth shattering to Nicodemus because he he believed that God didn't love the world. He believed that 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 you know like he's he's the God of the the Jews. He's not the God of uh, the Romans and and mm. what have you. And so okay, so what's that mean for you and for me? Well, it means this: like if you're shocked to hear that God could actually love you. So was Nicodemus when he heard this, like this line right here, mm-hmm. right? And you see what I mean? Like it's like every single part of it. God began our salvation. So love the world. Like He loved 
this world, every person in it that he created. I mean, we, we could just keep going. Um, that he gave. Okay, so what does that say? Uh, it means that God's not just sentimental in his love, but he's done something about it. Mm-hmm. Like his love compelled him to action for you and for me. Mm. Yeah, we don't really think about a giving God. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we do. We do. We do, I, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the, his, in his nature, he is giving. Yeah. 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 Well, then you got the next part, right? Like the. So what, what did he give? He gave what we translate as his one and only son, right? Mm-hmm. Other translations might say his only begotten son. Um, the word that right there uh, in the Greek is monogene, which means only of its kind. So like mono meaning mm-hmm. one and gene like gene or type. Right? Yeah, they wouldn't say gene. So let's say like where we get the word gene, but like type, right? So that's that's actually why I I prefer the NIV. I when I've heard this verse the first time in my life, it used the word begotten, and mm. I don't use that word sure regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I don't have in front of me the, the history of why they translated it that way. If I had to guess, it probably had something to do with hey, we want to make sure that it's clear that Jesus was not created. So be like you know, because you think about um, the. I believe it's the, the Nicene Creed where they clarify that Jesus was begotten, not made. Right. Um, and so, you know, coming from the Father. So I, I, I get the thought there. Um, but I think NIV translates it, I don't know, better, however you want to say it, but the, the root of it is like that Jesus is unique in his relationship to the Father. Like you mm-hmm. could almost say like monogene meaning so special, right? Like, mm-hmm. so he gave his so special son. Um, and, and, you know, you think about that, that, okay, what kind of love motivates a father to be willing to give up his son for someone else? Like, I've got two boys. I've never met a person I would mm-hmm. give either of them up for. So, like, how much should, like, or would God be, not should, because he shouldn't be, but in his grace he is, how much would God be for us that he would give his only son? And maybe you're somebody who you think, you know, like, God is looking for a reason to condemn you. Like, you know, if just if you, you screw up one too many times, he's, he's going to lay down the hammer um, because he's just waiting to pounce. This verse says that can't be the case, that he loved the world so much, like that his love was so overflowing for the world. And you're, hey, if you're in this, like, that's you, right? Like, if you're, if you're hearing this, you're part of the world, um, that he gave his unique only son. And when we talk about, like, the love between the two, you can think of it this way, that, like, um. So you know, I, I said the illustration. Like, I, I've got two my bo- my two boys who I would never trade for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And we get that, right? I mean, like any any parent gets, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't ever do that. And that's us who are limited, who are at points sinful, evil, selfish. We don't love like God does. Okay. So, and if that's true for us, then you, and and that's in our our limited span of time with our children. What kind of love does it take on the part of? the infinite eternal God, the father who has enjoyed pure love and fellowship with the son forever. You know, like we we don't have a category for that. Mm -hmm. And that's how great his love must be for the world that he would be willing to give his son for it. That's, I mean, that's huge, man. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, and this is actually kind of the first time I'm actually, because we're so used to this verse. Yeah. Uh, it's just around. Yeah. I've, I've got a four year old and so it's been at least four years since I've really examined this verse and okay. you just making that point of like, you've got two boys 
Yeah. There, you haven't met anybody who you'd give them up for. And, and I, this is a new feeling for me. Oh my. Wow. Like this God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Right. Right. Well, I mean, but that's like, that's, that's the, the, the undergirding uh, assumption throughout the new Testament as people reflect on the, the nature of God in Christ. Like think about um, in the book of Romans, there's this part where, where Paul is writing to this church uh, in, in Rome. He doesn't know them and he's, and he gives this just masterful uh, theological exposition of just like the essentials of the Christian faith. Right. He says this in Romans uh, eight verses uh, 31, 32. He said like, so he's reflecting on, on how God has given Christ to like in his grace and his unearned kindness and mercy to the world. Right. And he says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then he and he and he clarifies why he thinks that. He says, if he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously, or meaning from his unearned kindness, give us all things? Hmm. So let's say you believe that God essentially um, is keeping a scorecard, or he's a he's a taskmaster, and, and he likes you as long as you perform. But if you don't, but maybe that causes you to be haunted with like, oh, I could do more, I could do more, I could do more. That passage just tells you the reason that you don't need to think that way of God is because He's shown that He behaves towards us not as we deserve, but out of His great overflowing love. As and how, how do you know that He does that? Because He's given us His Son. Hmm. Like that, you can rest in that. And I love that the the way that the verse ends explains exactly how you can get that overflowing. Love. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, right? So so who receives this life? Like who who whose sins are forgiven, who uh, is made right with God, who gets to enjoy fellowship with God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit? It's whoever believes in him. And and I would tell you like, you know, well, okay, but do I believe enough and and do I do um do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, then you're a whoever, mm. right? It's whoever believes in it. Well, you don't know the things that I've done, and you don't know the things that I'm ashamed of. Whoever believes in him, that's that's that verse right there. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of, of bad life choices and decisions and ways that might have hurt or done all kinds of bad things, but I do know this. I do know that the Bible is abundantly clear that whoever believes in him, and that's the last half of the verse, shall not perish but have eternal life. And what that means is, okay, uh, it means that your sin really has been atoned for, that mm-hmm. Jesus really is taking care of it. It means you really are forgiven by God. It means you really are made into a new person. It means you really are saved from hell. And it means you really are given heaven. Like either Jesus is telling the truth or he's not. Right. And then, you know, like we talk about John three sixteen, and that is the most popular verse that I can think of, but John three seventeen applies it. And, you know, in Jesus and talking with Nicodemus, he basically gives him like, just in case I wasn't clear, just in case like it's not clear as to why I came here. Here's John three seventeen: For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, meaning to send it to destruction and all that stuff, but to save the world through Him. <laughs> meaning Jesus didn't come to condemn you; He came to save you. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He is, man. One of my favorite things about this is uh, people ask the question, 
you know, if there is a God, why doesn't he come and, and fix things? Why, why does he just like let us? Yeah. And why doesn't he just, you know, poof and make it better? Or, you know what? You're right. That shouldn't be that way. Poof and make yeah. it better. Yeah. And what I love about this verse is that it shows how consistent God is. Oh, give me some more of that. So like God could just poof and save the world. Oh, we're condemned in our sin. Oh, you know what? Never mind. But God is so consistent that his own rules that he made about, well, the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Well, God's going to follow his own rules <laughs> to send his son to yeah. pay for our sins. To place it on himself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, like, like the why why doesn't God fix all of it? Um, you know, like, I, I think there are times where the Lord intervenes and saves and, and you know, stops the catastrophe, saves the, the sick person, does uh, the miraculous, changes the heart. I think those, those are, oh, actually, yeah. those, those things that he does. But, like, um, the reality, I, I, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, um, I, the reality, I think, is that you know, in that accusation, the why doesn't he? What we're basically saying is God should not allow anyone to do anything bad, and we're okay with that as long as it's not us who do bad, hmm. right? So, like, the only way I know of for God to make it so I don't do bad things would be for there to make it so there's not a me, um, hmm. which I I don't want him to do, um, or. Or the uh, the other option would be that he changes me so that I don't want to do bad things, hmm. right? Well, that's exactly the gospel. He's given me a gift of salvation I haven't earned, and he, through his own work and power, not mine, is changing me through the Holy Spirit and making me a new person. And it's not that I've arrived on day one. I haven't. I've got all kinds of things. Anybody who knows me can tell you things I, I could probably work on. Um, but... It's a process, the Bible calls it sanctification. It's the process by which God makes us like Jesus. And so the to, to me, I think there's one of two options. Either he obliterates people uh, so that they can't do bad things, which we don't want him to do, or he changes us, and the way that that is able to happen is through the power of the Holy Spirit given in Christ. And then, you know, you can, you, you can split hairs, and you can maybe get a little more fine-tuned to be like, okay, well, but not everybody receives Christ. You know why? Why this and why that? Right? And again, I'm not God. I don't know why He does everything. But but some of these things, I think sometimes we just say from a place of maybe hurt and pain, and we haven't thought through the implication of what we're saying. Right? So like, um, you know the let me say it like this: like, ha, have you ever known somebody who um, did amazing things who came from very very broken circumstances? Right, um, or maybe maybe they became a Christian, but their parents were, and and the, you know, their parents rejected uh, Jesus until the day they died. Okay, should God have made it so that He just smote their parents and that person never existed? Hmm. We we hope not. Yeah, and I, I, so I just think there's more to it than that. I think like you know this is what you start to get into the finer points of like okay, well, how much is His plan? How much is He working? How much is uh, he planning and all this, and, and and that different Christians are going to have different beliefs about that. That's a whole other episode. But what we see in John three sixteen is that inherently he's good, and his desire is to save. And if we're curious about who he is, what we learn 
from John 3.16 is he wants to save people. Well, that's John 3.16. <laughs> I, I have this like suspicion that a bunch of people stopped listening as soon as I said, well, that's basically it. If you could, you could dive in more if you want. <laughs> and this whole like last part of the podcast, like people aren't even listening anymore. <laughs> but if you did stick around, I'm glad you did. Because uh, there's a lot there. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of meat in there. And what's funny is this is just one verse. You can break down probably any verse in the Bible exactly the same way you just did and seeing that there are, yeah, you can see what it says like in the sentence as it is, but you can pull the sentence. The sentence is for lack of a, a better phrase. And I don't mean it in a negative way, but it's potent, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you say potent, you know, that thing stinks. No, it doesn't stink. It's, it smells great. Mm. But um, but just every part of it is rich with depth. Mm. Next episode, we're going to do, uh, we're just going to change, we're going to do another podcast where we analyze every verse of the Bible. Great. Every word. <laughs> every episode. Cover will be to cover. Different- <laughs> Each week. What a nightmare that would be. Cards on the table, I wouldn't listen to it. So. <laughs> in, it would- in the beginning, got crazy. In this All week right. is just in, <laughs> which is the opposite of out. Yeah. Next week is the. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> to, uh, yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this breakdown of John three sixteen. If you've got a question, maybe it's another verse that we need to break down, or a topic, or a person in the Bible, something about Christian culture. If you have any questions that you'd like to possibly see as a future episode. Email them to podcast at wearethebridge.org. And again, we appreciate you for listening. How you doing? Mark Vandalay Dickey. I'm, do- I'm doing great. That one went over my head. Let me give you another one. Here you go. Mark Agape Dickey. Aw. Well, you know the, the verse, I thought. Yeah. You want one more hand? Mark construction site I saw the bridge sign hold on scrap all this hang on mark I got it I got it you ready last one like none of these none of these going out there right here you go you ready mark LaCroix Dickey oh